Welcome to 15 Minutes on the Way, Season 8, Into Exile. If you're a first-time listener, you really owe it to yourself to start at the beginning. You can find Episode 1 of Season 1 easily at 15minutesontheway.com. Otherwise, if you're already on the way with us, welcome back. I've missed you, friend. Here is today's story. It wasn't too long ago that the stereoscope was in fashion in your habitat, a simple device featuring a left and right view of the same object. Your brain combines those two objects into a single three-dimensional scene, a handy metaphor for what's going on in Isaiah 40. We ended the year and last week's episode with Isaiah's description of what we like to call the Yahweh Highway. And the stereoscope metaphor works very well for the passage, because one channel has Israel strolling down the level road that Isaiah describes. The other channel features my mighty steps upon the same path, the Yahweh Highway. Isaiah sets a precedent that will play along through much that remains of his book. Some of the chief themes in this latter section concern a character known as the Servant, mentioned in four extended sequences across eleven chapters. The same stereo view that worked with the Yahweh Highway also works with the Servant. One channel has Israel herself being the Servant, as I name her so myself in 41, 8-10. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I said, you are my servant. And similarly in Isaiah 44, 1. The other channel has in view someone who is not Israel, someone who cannot be Israel. Isaiah quotes the servant himself, who quotes me in defining his mission. And now Yahweh says, He who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and gather Israel to himself. For I am honored in the eyes of Yahweh, and my God has been my strength. He says, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. The Hebrew word rendered Gentiles here is goyim, which literally means nations, though the nations to which we refer are those outside Israel, and thus, by definition, Gentiles. We point out the use of nations here because of its confluence with the Abra plan, which by now you were expecting. And this text is Isaiah 49, 5-6. I cannot underestimate its significance. So much so, let's hear it again so it's ringing in your ears. It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. 
I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Remember, we're focusing on the servant here. And since this servant is tasked with bringing Jacob slash Israel back, the one about to be born must therefore be someone other than Jacob slash Israel. And so, in the very least, while we are not by any means issuing a road map in all these things, we are pointing to something, to someone extraordinary, who must be someone other than the entire nation acting as my servant, for they are going to be the vehicle of Israel's restoration to me. Hang in there now. Note how the role of the servant grows to staggering proportions when simply restoring all the tribes of Israel back to me is too small a thing. While the servant is saving Israel's behind, they are also stepping in and taking on Israel's botched priestly role to the nations, becoming a light to the Gentiles in total and complete trigger and fulfillment of the Abra plan carrying my salvation to every last rear end in the corners of the earth. This all more fully informs what Isaiah says in his introduction of my servant whom I uphold. Appointing this servant, be they Israel, someone else, or both, as a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. Isaiah 42, 1-7 Don't miss the exile imagery there in the dark dungeon. Even as I am drawing Israel out of her exile in Babylon, I am also talking about the next stage of the Abra plan that will bring an end to the universal exile of the human race here. Even as the physical exile of Israel is soon ended, so shall the universal exile of all humanity come to an end as they are brought out of the darkness into the light. The servant's commission is echoed again near Isaiah's end in chapter 61, as both the prophet's and the servant's purposes are one. Here in stereo this time, too, as the exile of Israel is ended as a template for the end of humanity's exile. The Spirit of Yahweh is on me, because Yahweh has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of Yahweh's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of Yahweh for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Isaiah 61, 1-4
Oh, my goodness, we could go on and on over these things for days on end. Much of it is plain as it contrasts the ashes of exile with the joy of restoration. But don't miss that tree reference in there. It's got the major theme embedded in it. Those freed from exile will be called oaks of righteousness, steady and firm with a righteous source planted by my hand and pointing to my glorious splendor. Those freed from exile will be called oaks of righteousness, steady and firm with a righteous source planted by my hand and pointing to my glorious splendor. It goes by quickly, but again references the theme of source. We are somehow shifting from relying on humanity's erratic, bent-by-the-slightest-wind internal righteousness resources to our constant oaken supply. Read that with Jeremiah's earlier forecast of a king from David's line whose name is Yahweh is our righteousness, that's Jeremiah 23, 6. And you've got a thrilling combination that centers the process on one person serving as a catalyst for it all. The person, the servant, to whom Isaiah points as well. We should also point out that this language of prisoner release, pointing to the end of humanity's universal exile through the Abraplan, this prisoner release language is found in striking parallel elsewhere in the owner's manual. There, the servant is not named as the releaser of prisoners. I am. It would seem that somehow the servant's identity is bound up not only with the prophet's, but with mine. After praising me a bit and promising that blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, something you should ponder a while. Psalm 146 goes on to say, Yahweh sets prisoners free. Yahweh gives sight to the blind. Yahweh lifts up those who are bowed down. Yahweh loves the righteous. Yahweh watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. Psalm 146, 7 through 9. And so, the servant who is Isaiah's focus is a figure of tremendous importance in this journey. Therefore, since there is so much to say about him, we will end this episode a bit early and launch next week into a fuller exploration and complete a closer look at the servant on the way. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to support us, spread the word. Give us a review on iTunes or Facebook. Then share a link to episode one with your friends. We hope our time together today has reminded you that you, friend, are part of an epic story that is still unfolding today. So keep walking on the way. And be good to yourself.